Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Today you are joining us for episode 158, How to Rebound Your Adrenal Glands. This topic is super timely as we go into the fall where stress and anxiety can often rev up as temperatures drop. (laughs) And I'm excited to empower you guys with the connections of how chronic fight or flight mode can drive imbalance in your body. Yes. And I know you have so many resources out there already, Allie, including the anti-anxiety diet, as well as the newly released anti-anxiety diet cookbook, which contain a lot of information on the adrenal glands. And we've hit this topic in many podcasts, including your personal favorite 129 running on adrenaline, as well as the gut stress connection. And then looks like way back in episode 11, we did the HP, not we, I wasn't here, I wasn't here, but you did the, um, the HPA access and episode 13 on adrenal fatigue. So it is definitely time for some updated information. I think absolutely. And yes, I know my brain is in the space of anxiety and stress response, but it's not just that my brain isn't there. It's the fact that we all need this stuff. And so as we will talk about in a little bit, a part of this episode launching is timely in the sense that we have a new virtual program, Adrenal Rehab, coming out. And I cannot wait to share it with you guys. I think it's going to be game change next level to really help us take the reins of our health back into our own hands. Yes. And since we're sponsoring our own podcast this week, um, we'll save the information about that exciting program for our mid-roll as just a fun way to break things up. So before we go any further, let's have a word from our intro sponsor for this episode who we love and adore, F-Bomb. Yes. F-Bomb and Fat as Smart Fuel, they are fantastic. I love F-bombs and have at least a pack a day. (laughs) Um, F-bombs started with nut butter packs, so high quality fat in about a 200 calorie delivery comprised of a base of macadamia or coconut and a single ingredient based. I'm talking the ingredients of macadamia nut, coconut, and Himalayan salt. That's all that's in there. So this is one of the only packaged products that I let my three-year-old Stella consume because we all know that fat is supportive for energy grounding, satiety, hormone management, mood stability, and so fantastic to help to curve away from a three-nager breakdown. So Stella drops F-bombs on the daily as well. Yes, and their F-bomb pork sticks, as well as their keto crunch are also awesome newer snacks that they've developed with really good, the 
cheese crisps have such a good um, texture and kind of mouthfeel. So do the pork sticks, actually. They're not like the, you know, dog treat variety that's out there. Um, they're really, really good and, and come in all kinds of different flavors. I just tried the jalapeno ones and absolutely love those. And then I've got a couple of their F-bomb nut butter jars in my fridge that I've been like digging a spoon into and just loving on a daily basis. Yeah. Just a perfect delivery of 20 grams of fat to satiate cravings, provide grounding energy in clean whole food ingredients. So go on over to drop an F slash Allie Miller RD. That's how you let them know that you heard about them from the naturally nourished podcast and they keep sponsoring us and that's awesome. And so drop an F bomb.com Allie Miller RD. You'll also save and get free shipping when you use that link and you get to check out my favorite products that I get every single week. Awesome. So let's just do some quick foundation work here and just have you set the stage a little bit for our HPA access and the connection of why this matters to our body. I feel like we do this a lot, but let's just bring it around. (laughs) I know I was going to say that too, but you know, there's new people coming in every day and this is some, this is some high level info. So I think we can all use a little bit of a refresh when I'm dropping these polysyllabic phrases and connect the dots. So Let's do it. The autonomic nervous system, you know, is our involuntary mechanisms that regulate how our body responds to our external environment. Okay. And I talk about this HPA axis a lot. It stands for hypothalamic pituitary adrenal. So it's the H, the P, and the A. The hypothalamus and the pituitary are both located in the brain, and the adrenal glands, which are the star of today's show, uh, we'll unpack a little bit further, but those sit above our kidneys. And this feedback is what is upregulated during times of survival and plays a dynamic role with activating our sympathetic stress response, which is also known as our fight or flight mechanism of the body. Now, this is all good and, uh, you know, protective and is necessary for survival, but the issue is, you know, in our modernized society, we are under chronic levels of stress based on overscheduling, based on technology advancements and the increased stream of information overload that we're all experiencing, uh, you know, us playing a role with just taking on too many things, uh, often can be finding ourselves in a state of overactivated HPA access. And this can be destructive to the body. If the HPA axis is in chronic fight or flight sympathetic mode, that downregulates not just our rest and digest, that's the parasympathetic state, that, that mellow out state, but we've talked about in many episodes that that's our regulatory function of the body. So beyond just digestion and our uh, rest or our sleep, we see body temperature regulation, satiety, appetite, cravings, fluid retention in the body or edema, metabolic impact, thyroid influence, sexual hormone influence, all coming into play when the HPA axis is out of balance. Gotcha. So today we really want to expand on those little adrenal glands specifically and how to optimize their function. So let's just talk a little bit about the anatomy of the adrenal glands. Where are they? What do they do? So 
They sit above the kidneys, so we have two adrenal glands, one on each side. They're about the size of a quarter, or some like to say a walnut size, and they are pretty... The, the composition of the adrenal gland is uh, going to include a lot of fat in, in its structure, and uh, it's the highest storage site of vitamin C in our body. So if all of the tissue in our body, vitamin C is highest stored in those tiny adrenal glands. And so there's definitely a vitamin C stress cortisol connection that we'll be unpacking today. There's two parts of the adrenal gland. There's the cortex, which I always remembered with alliteration, that's where the cortisol is made. So the cortex is where our steroid hormones are produced. This includes cortisol, which is the primary stress fight or flight responding steroid that the body makes, as well as aldosterone, which is a regulator of blood pressure with sodium retention and fluid regulation within our body. And of the uh, and then we also make DHEA um, in the adrenal gland as well in that cortex. Um, of the cortisol hormone, I want to just unpack a little bit further there. We've talked about how cortisol is a glucocorticoid, um, and it's important to identify that in the sense that it's going to have impact on our blood sugar levels. Um, often we refer to like the dawn phenomenon um, when we're regulating or managing our blood sugar levels, maybe using a, a glucose monitor and an individual is getting high fasting blood sugar reads. This is likely someone that has adrenal imbalance and it's when their cortisol is peaking in the morning, which also tends to impact metabolic function and blood sugar dysregulation. So, um, you know, the cortisol itself has glucose influencing effects, be that it's a glucocorticoid. And it also within the cort corticosteroid family has mineral corticoids, which are going to be more mediated by the signals within the kidney. Now, if you've done different types of adrenal testing or hormone testing, there is a difference between our cortisol, which is more the long term would be actually hydrocortisone, sorry, hydrocortisone. Um, is cortisol. And that's why we call it cortisol. So you don't trip on your tongue like me. <laughs> and <laughs> cortisol is more of the known one that's going to play a role with our regulation of our metabolism. It's going to be more of the influencing factor on our energy. And then the corticosterone um, is going to be more of the immune modulator and inflammatory regulator within our body. Generally speaking, we put out more cortisol and corticosterone in a stressed response, and that can serve as like an immunosuppressant and can downregulate inflammatory cascades. But over time, when the adrenal gland gets quote unquote fatigued or has insufficient output, we tend to see low levels of both of these compounds, which can drive chronic inflammation and chronic fatigue. Okay. And that's just the cortex of the adrenals. And there's another part yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? They're so uh, tiny, but so jam-packed. <laughs> so tiny and so important. So the medulla of the gland. Um, so yeah, the cortex basically makes your steroid hormones, your cortisol in its two forms, as well as the DHEA and aldosterone and can produce a little bit of a steroidal sexual hormone as well. 
Um, the medulla of the gland is where we make the catecholamines or the stress responding neurotransmitter chemicals. And these are our dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine. So when we're under a HPA axis upregulation or a stress responding activity, we're often going to put out adrenaline or epinephrine and cortisol. So both the cortex and the medulla spit out the stress responding compounds, one making a neurotransmitter responder and one making a steroidal hormone responder. Got it. So there's clearly a lot going on in here. There's They're kind of like these tiny but mighty glands that have a lot of different functions, a lot of things that are regulated. Um, let's dive into some of the symptoms that your adrenal glands are imbalanced. How would we know? Yeah. So you know, if we're in this fight or flight HPA axis overdrive mode, which I guess, let me take a step back. Okay. The adrenals in a, in a, in an ideal sitting, right? In an ideal sitting, the HPA axis, each gland, the hypothalamus and the pituitary have different, different hormones basically that stimulate the adrenal output. Right. And so we're talking about this, kind of telephone game of communication in the body, right? And in a balanced individual, cortisol itself works as a negative feedback loop. So when the hypothalamus gets wind of cortisol being released, that should inhibit the hypothalamus from stimulating the pituitary to make ACTH, which stimulates on a hormonal mechanism, the adrenals to make the cortisol, right? So What's important to note is that you need cortisol to be released to stop the HPA axis from being in a chronic stressed state. And, you know, too little of a base amount or too little of output from the gland may perpetuate this kind of low grade chronic trickle effect. Um, and so, you know, we can see imbalance in the adrenals in both the overdrive or underdrive mode. So we can see anything from chronic inflammation and chronic fatigue in, in a state of burnout. We can also see increased food sensitivities and digestive disturbances in this setting because we are responding with more histamine. Cortisol itself has antihistamine properties. So we're prone towards more histamine responses from food sensitivity as well as environmental allergens. Uh, we can also see more food sensitivity in general because the body's more prone towards inflammation. So, you know, it's not regulating the anti-inflammatory effects. So we're going to have more sensitivity, more uh, digestive disturbances, because when we're not in that parasympathetic state of that optimized rest digest flow, because we didn't get that feedback loop closed, then we're not making as many enzymes. So we're also not breaking down our foods as much. That means we could be setting up to micronutrient deficiencies because the blood flow is no longer in our intestines where it should be in a parasympathetic state. If we're in a chronic fight or flight response in that sympathetic state, the blood shunts out to our appendages to fight or flee. So we don't have as much absorption or breakdown of nutrients. We also can see mood disturbances. Um, so within that world of the adrenals making our beyond adrenaline, the norepinephrine and the dopamine can have significant impact on cognitive function, ability of multitasking, depression, anxiety. Um, so we can start to see a lot of mood disturbances and cognitive 
decline when the adrenals are burned out or in an overdrive mode. And then we can see all of the immunological and hormone impacts as well. Okay. So this is kind of where you say stress or anxiety is really the Achilles heel of wellness. And that's kind of the underlying, you know, if you can't fix that, then you're not going to be able to fix the cascade of everything that's going on around it. Um, let's identify this kind of dynamic of stressed and wired versus stressed and tired and how our adrenals may, you know, not be in a state of fatigue yet per se, but might need rebound or might be in this overwired overproduction mode and, and how we would prioritize them to be deactivated or kind of like slow their roll a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. I know we could always use a little bit of that. Um, <laughs> so, so stressed and wired, I think is, you know, less acknowledged. Uh, you know, when we think of adrenal fatigue, there is, you know, known conditions like Addison's disease, for instance, when, you know, the medical field has seen more the impact of the insufficient adrenal output over time and how that could actually be life-threatening. Now, and that's more of the stressed and tired, adrenal insufficiency, not enough output of the juice, if you will. But stressed and wired, I think, is equally as concerning. So in a stressed and wired state, this is someone who is dealing with racing thoughts, difficulty concentrating. Um, I've had people come with uh, pretty severe tinnitus. So like the ringing in the ears, that's often from an excess of dopamine output. So that's from the adrenals shooting out too much um, from that medulla. We also can see in the stressed and wired state, anxiety, panic, insomnia, just really not being able to wind down. Um, what are some of the other ones I'm missing, Becky? Oh, we could see weight gain or weight loss to be dynamic in the stressed and wired world where the cortisol that's being put out is driving increased belly fat storage. Um, and we can also see the dynamics of often in, in these individuals, they, they may not be as um, immune compromised yet because they have more of that anti-inflammatory impact. Sure. Like they're the ones who say they never get sick until they take a vacation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause it's then they disengage. Go, go, go. Exactly. Exactly. Um, sleep disturbance, did you mention? And, and yeah. And, yep. And, um, you know, I would say even with that stressed and wired might sound for some of you like a good thing, like, Ooh, I could use a boost, uh -huh. but they generally <laughs> are in such a wiry mode that they're not getting that like task organization completion. Um, and there still is an underlying level of some impact of fatigue or energy dysregulation. So sometimes that can manifest in insomnia of either waking in the middle of the night or not being able to shut down and fall asleep. And then, you know, going through the day, not feeling a, a nice surge of energy on a lab value. We're going to see the stressed and wired individuals where likely they'll have an elevation. If not in cortisol, their DHEA will likely be elevated. Uh, they may have excess epinephrine or norepinephrine or dopamine. If we're looking at their neurotransmitter output, they are very likely to be a candidate. Like I said, with blood sugar issues because of that cortisol glucocorticoid impact. And that's what can also then impact weight loss or gain. Okay. And then in these individuals, how do we 
deactivate this like excessive mode? How do we slow them down? Yes. And that's what we want to do is really disengage the HPA axis from being in this perpetuating flow mode. Um, So what we want to do is determine what are the stressors that are driving the HPA axis expression. And of course, try to file down those as much as possible. So it could be chemicals that are being consumed, like in the diet, it can be exercise demand and physiological stress demand, like uh, even gut dysbiosis could be driving an HPA axis distress. And then the mental emotional elements of, you know, working with mantra, meditation, mindfulness. On a clinical level, my big tools are bringing in nervines, um, which are herbs that are going to mellow. I love calm and clear for this individual because it has a blend of like the German chamomile and valerian, and it also has phosphatidylserine. Phosphatidylserine is a wonder. I think we need to really have a podcast episode on phosphatidylserine because it's it's becoming so much more buzzworthy in research, but it does play a big role in our neurological function and it reduces cortisol expression. So it actually is going to mitigate that cortisol release. And then to, to kind of add on to that, magnesium bisglycinate in the relax and regulate. We talked about a couple episodes back how that form of magnesium actually crosses the blood brain barrier. And it does give that feedback for the pituitary to stop stimulating the adrenals. So it actually downregulates that ACTH, which stimulates the cortisol output from the adrenals directly. And then that mag bisglycinate works as like a bodyguard to block excess epinephrine from impacting expression in the brain. So calm and clear and relax and regulate are for sure tools for this person. And then vitamin C would be one of those that would be in both the stressed and wired and stressed and tired. As I mentioned, it's a must for healthy adrenal function. So when the adrenals pump out cortisol, there is going to be a stronger demand for vitamin C and vitamin C gets depleted in the process of adrenal stimulation. And when cortisol levels decline, or if the adrenals don't have enough vitamin C to produce and keep up with the demand, that's when then we go into that chronic state of inflammation. And vitamin C has a twofer here because vitamin C itself can reduce histamine activity. And then it can, of course, also help to rebound those adrenal glands and protect the gland function being a potent antioxidant. So our vitamin C formula is going to be even more superior in the sense that it incorporates anti-inflammatory bioflavonoids, which themselves have antihistamine properties. So the uh, routine and quercetin that are in the bio C plus are going to help to take that next level and reduce the inflammation as well as help to rebound those adrenals. And there's just a lot of compelling research. There was a study that looked at just a gram, um, which each capsule of our bio C plus has 600 milligrams. So this would be two capsules a day actually demonstrated reduced uh, blood pressure in those that were experiencing prior high blood pressure, regulated cortisol levels, and reduced the stress response in uh, individuals that were getting that gram a day. Okay. Awesome. And then beyond vitamin C, I think adaptogens would be another one that we could kind of use on both ends of the spectrum, both, both the stressed and wired and the stressed and tired. 
Yeah. And I would just say this is one that I'd start to just be mindful of in the stressed and wired. I know me personally, when I take an adaptogen boost over three, um, and I don't, I don't know, you'll have to share with listeners how many you take, but I take, um, two to three a day. Occasionally I'll take four. And, um, for me, I'm always someone that runs a little bit more androgenic, a little bit more stressed and wired excess output. Um, when I hit above the three mark, I get a little bit like, um, uh, excitatory where I'm not getting heart palpitations, but I feel like a lion in a cage (laughs) needs to move my body. You know, there's just too much going on. And so I would say, you know, I would be mindful with adaptogens in the sense that they are somewhat stimulating, right? Adaptogens should help us to adapt to our stress demands. And, um, the adaptogen boost formula has three ingredients, panics, ginseng, um, which of all the forms of ginseng is to be the best as far as improving stamina and um, energy regulation in the body. It does support the HPA axis feedback loop, which is pretty cool. So it can help with um, that suppression of the uh, cortisol on, on the immune and the regulatory system. And then it has rhodiola, which is another adaptogen, which has been shown in studies to uh, influence the central nervous system, uh, also serving as a mood stabilizer and uh, protector against inflammation. And then cordyceps, which really help to support memory, learning, cognitive function, and also protect the nervous system, but function as an adaptogen aiding in energy and resilience to stress. Awesome. I think I'm on like two to four a day, no more okay. than four on a, okay. <laughs> on a good day, but, um, it's yeah, a- I've, I've definitely, I don't take adaptogen boost in the evening often, but as I'm getting older, haha, um, that is one that I'll kind of be like, Oh, maybe I just need an adaptogen boost after an 8 PM dinner. And that is a helpful tool. I will say <laughs> I'm still totally able to sleep after a long Saturday night, but it helps me stay up past midnight for those rare go. occasions. <laughs> So you just slip you one of those. That's perfect. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So even in this overdrive state, we still need to, you know, be mindful of rebounding the gland. We can't just like ignore the adrenals and hope they stop, you know, <laughs> um, or like beat them into submission kind of thing. You, you've got to still rebound and focus on that stress resilience without dumping excessive cortisol or stress responding hormones. What about the state of adrenal insufficiency or stressed and tired? Right. So like I always like to explain the body doesn't work with these absolutes of like light switch on, light switch off. We want to find balance where we're not overstimulating, but we're also not in a state of insufficiency. And so when we're finding ourselves at more of a stressed and tired mode, This is what used to be deemed as adrenal fatigue. And I think now the medical community is is deeming it adrenal insufficiency, but it kind of means the same thing. Don't you think, Becky? Definitely. (laughs) Insufficiency, they're tired. I think that there was just that personification that wasn't, you know, that was frowned upon, I guess, (laughs) in the the, uh, mainstream medical world, if you will. But basically what we're looking at in this world of stressed and tired is uh, starting to see, of course, low energy output. We can start to see this chronic inflammation as well as chronic histamine reactivity because there's likely insufficient amounts of cortisol to have that uh, ability to regulate inflammatory process or regulate circulating histamine in the body. 
We may also see a increase in belly fat or dysfunction in metabolic pathways. And one of the big things that I see clinically is difficulty getting into nutritional ketosis or having a difficult time testing positive if they're testing their blood, looking for uh, presence of ketones. And this ties into the depletion of DHEA. So again, the adrenal cortex makes cortisol, aldosterone, a little bit of sexual hormone, but also DHEA. And we've talked about DHEA in many episodes and its connection of being an intermediary compound in the production of nutritional ketones. So if the adrenal gland is so pooped out that it's not putting out ample cortisol, it also may not be putting out ample DHEA. And this is where we can see brain fog, concentration issues, of course, also inflammatory and advanced aging processes because DHEA converts to testosterone and estrogen. So we can see a dip in sexual hormone or, like I said, more rapid aging or uh, sexual function decline. And uh, then this metabolic impact of not being able to make ketones, which accelerate the body fat burn as fuel. Okay. And then just feeling flat out, like dragged out, dragged by the bus, I think is a big, um, or like not feeling rested even after eight hours of sleep. I think that's like a big one that I hear often clinically and have experienced myself in this state for sure. Um, and just kind of like that, those energy dips throughout the day, like never feeling like you've got good energy. Yeah. And you know, that flatness, I think of more, you know, brain fog, slow sluggishness, but it can also really be experienced as like depression because beyond the impact of the cortex, again, like we said, with the excess adrenaline in the stressed and wired, you can have insufficient output of dopamine and norepinephrine and epinephrine. And so that means that now you're not getting that bliss reward feedback from your accomplishments or what you're doing in your day-to-day function. And there is a good you know, surge we get from adrenaline in the sense that we get that kind of performance actualization and that pat on the back <laughs> type response or that feel good surge when we meet a deadline. Um, and when you're lacking that production, you don't get that that feel good feedback. You can kind of just stay flat and low and um, apathetic, if you will. Sure. That totally makes sense. Um, And then in terms of interventions here, I think it's important to highlight there's a lot of the same kind of baseline foundational formulas, but then this this population probably needs to focus more on adrenal glandulars and, and kind of more of the stimulant variety of supplements. Yes. So, you know, this would be a population that I would not be worried about potentially overdoing, if you will, the adaptogen boost. You know, this grouping is probably going to want those three to four a day versus like one to two in maybe the stressed and wired population. And where I would drive with calm and clear in the stressed and wired, I wouldn't drive with calm and clear in this population because that phosphatidylserine, again, can suppress to some level cortisol. So this is someone that maybe with the adrenal fatigue, I might have them take like two calm and clear in the evening, but maybe not at all through the day, especially if they're running flat and lower, I might just give them that adaptogen boost. And then yes, what's definitely unique to this population, we would be giving them the adrenal support, which is glandular compound. So this is actually providing you bovine or, or cow derived adrenal gland. And that's going to provide you essentially the active compounds that you're running low on. 
And then the adaptogen boost comes and supports the gland to not spill out so much cortisol and stress responding hormones so that you're able to be more stress resilient as you're actually getting that functional boost from the glandular. And then because of the low energy and fatigue, I would throw B12 boost into this group and maybe even the B complex, whereas in the stressed and wired, they may not be needing that additional B vitamin benefit, and they may be in the population that may not metabolize B vitamins as well, so they're safer getting the Bs in the calm and clear, whereas this grouping, I would do the B complex and the B12 boost. Sure. Like load it up. And that B12 boost is great because it can be used, you know, first thing at rise, if you're one of those people who's kind of dragging out of bed, or you can use it kind of like an afternoon lull of a timestamp to really give you a little extra something, something. Yes. And vitamin C extremely essential for this population, obviously to really nourish and rebound the adrenal gland. So actually we've made a recent update in our adrenal bundle uh, so that's called adrenal. I think the bundle itself is called adrenal rehab. We have two bundles that support the HPA axis for the stressed and wired population. It is called stress manager. Is that correct? Yes. I should probably, but I believe that's it's right. called the stress yeah. manager bundle. <laughs> and so the stress manager bundle is going to have the calm and clear, the adaptogen boost, and that one's going to have the GABA calm, which again is like the ultimate chill pill mellow out inhibitory compound for the stress anxiety response. And then the uh, adrenal rehab bundle has the adaptogen boost as well, but then it used to have calm and clear. We pulled that out and we've replaced the bio C plus in there with the adrenal support glandular. So that has now I'm more confident in everything you need to rebound your adrenals. And then that individual might still get the calm and clear and pulse that in or help with that. Like I said, more bottom heavy in the evening, whereas the stressed and wired population would need that calm and clear likely on more of a daily level. Yes. And if you're getting confused about like which, which supplements fit for you and kind of which side of this coin you're falling on, um, we have a great quiz actually that's up as part of the adrenal rehab program that you can access without even purchasing the program just to see if it's a good fit for you and to see where you are falling um, on that spectrum, whether you're stressed and tired, stressed and wired both can happen too, for sure. Um, and what foundational supplements would be appropriate for you. So I'll make sure I link to the quiz in our show notes for today, but let's have a quick word from ourselves Us. as the sponsor. <laughs> feels funny yes. to say, but I like it. <laughs> I know. I kind of like it too. Maybe it'll stick. So yes, uh, I developed adrenal rehab as a virtual program that is self-led and is set up to be about four to six weeks in length. It provides over three hours of video content and within that is going to be educational videos that I do in my living room, outside on my deck, incorporating more lifestyle elements. There's a lot of deep dive clinical information. There are recommendations for advanced labs. There are customized interactive worksheets, supportive materials. And then I do six cooking demos in my kitchen 
And throughout each demo, whether I'm making the adrenal rehab shake, the low carb collagen zucchini muffins, the matcha lime pudding with blackberries, uh, cauliflower chowder, and so much more, I, of course, am educating you not only on how to make the recipe, but on the importance or significant uh, elements of each ingredient, and then taking things to a deeper level of how you can use food as medicine. And like Ali said, this is a self-paced program versus something like our keto class, which is taught live. So you can really go at your own pace, digest the information, own the information for the duration of the program or forever. And if we make updates, you'll get them as well. Um, so each module will have several different videos on different topics that will go deep into supplemental support. We'll go into food as medicine support. And then there will also be customized work worksheets and other handouts that go along with each module. So you can follow along, kind of do your homework, really digest and assimilate the information before you move on to the next topic. And you can watch and rewatch yep. and <laughs> highlight and scribble and reprint the handouts and use them as a metric of your progress. If you, you know, re-participate in some of the course elements at a six-month mark or something like that. And the big emphasis of this was really to bring a to life, essentially, to bring another layer of media to the premise of the anti-anxiety diet and the anti-anxiety diet cookbook. So I think that there are just certain things that are easier to express in conversation, uh, especially when we're talking about things like allostatic load <laughs> and you know how our body responds to the many stressors that we take on. Uh, talking about things like leptin and the connection of the thyroid and the ovaries and so much more. The big emphasis is that ultimately, if your body is chronically hitting the go button on your adrenal glands as the primary stress responding area, there's going to be an issue in both elements of overdrive, stressed and wired, as well as this burnout, adrenal insufficiency. And I really want you to be able to be empowered with understanding the feedback that your body's giving you, bubble wrapping with quality nutritional supplementation, and then really owning your strategy and your approach so that you can be resilient to stress and not let stress overburden your body. Okay. So if this sounds good to you and you're liking the content from today's episode, it's going to be so much more in depth. Go on over to AllieMillerRD.com slash adrenal hyphen rehab. You can use code adrenal 99 to get our pre-sale pricing of $99 through program launch, which I think will be around when this episode airs. So we'll leave it up at least a couple of days for you guys who are listening in live. And that's off of the um, $150 price and it may go up depending on what we add to it in the future. So lock it in, get it done, get it for yourself as an early holiday gift just to kind of buffer and, and cushion the transition into a more stressful time of the year. Yes. And I'm going to share a testimonial. We piloted this program with an audience and have just seen awesome feedback. So I'm super stoked to share this on a large level and create accessibility to all you guys. Again, Becky said $99 is the pre-sale amount. 
Again, over three hours of content, really, really valuable, tons of videos, over 20 videos. Um, so this testimonial is titled next level, finally back to myself. Wow. <laughs> For years, I went on with brain fog and a general flatness that would at times fire into high gear stress response with racing thoughts, irritability, and a physical feeling of unease. I found Allie through the anti-anxiety diet book and was already on the path to balancing my body, but this program really kicked things into high gear. I've used a whole foods approach to the ketogenic diet to reclaim my health, but was still not in an optimal place, falling into some diet obsession and confusion. Hearing and seeing Allie describe some of the advanced concepts that she makes so relatable provided me some clarity and aha moments on things like leptin, the HPA axis feedback of the fight or flight response, and carb cycling. If you loved her books or are a listener of the Naturally Nourished podcast, in parentheses, I sometimes re-listen to episodes, you will be obsessed with this program. Awesome. So you guys are all listeners, so (laughs) go get your spot. Awesome. Awesome. So basically this program is a fit just to ensure that your adrenals are really piloting the body's HPA access for that regulatory balance mode, regardless of where you score in excess or deficient output. But let's go ahead and transition from talk on what is in the program and give listeners beyond just the supplements we've mentioned, some food as medicine strategy for rebounding your adrenals. Yes. So I think the first thing I would lead with is our citrus, our lemons and limes, be that they are really powerhouses of vitamin C and great sources of bioflavonoids, which are going to influence our liver, aiding with bioflow, supporting our body through detoxification and lymphatic tissue flow. The connection there is that if your lymphatic system is slow, then your body is going to be more prone towards toxic overwhelming impact and inflammatory processes, which will hinder your metabolism. And that in itself can drive hormone imbalance. And then the influence that the vitamin C cortisol connection and vitamin C being needed by the adrenal glands in the mode of regulating cortisol output. So vitamin C, big boost for anti-inflammatory effects, antioxidant support, and a best friend of your adrenal glands. I like to use lemon and lime zest. Um, So, you know, anytime we're using the acid for a salad dressing or just to add into water, a lot of my recipes incorporate the lemon or lime juice. I also will go ahead and microplane the pit, the, the, the outside or basically the skin all the way down to that white furry pith. And that's where we're going to get actually some of those unique bioflavonoids in the bio C plus formula, like the routine. Um, so that's something I really like to incorporate lime and lemon juice and zest would be a big boost. Awesome. And like you said, adding that to salad dressings, doing it, um, as like whole lemons in the adrenal rehab shake, which I'll actually link to a version that's on our blog as well. But in the program, you get to see Allie make it, which is pretty cool. Um, and, um, doing them as water infusions and things of that nature, or doing like the matcha lime gelatin in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook are all great ways to incorporate more citrus. Yes. And then I would go anti-inflammatory support. So incorporating our 
seasonings and are, especially if we're looking at roots like ginger and turmeric. I mean, turmeric is of course just a favorite of mine for its multitude of benefits, its ability to reduce uh, inflammation in the body, toxicity, reducing oxidative stress mode. Again, another supporter of the liver. Turmeric has been shown in studies to reduce histamine response, which can be very helpful if that individual is already suppressed to some level with their cortisol production. And uh, turmeric also is going to be a great regulator of your microbiome, having the ability to reduce excess overgrowth of bad bacteria. And we've seen in studies that turmeric can actually have an impact neurologically on calming the brain and aiding in stress response as well as improving memory and promoting optimal thought process. So turmeric is a fantastic thing to incorporate within your food. I make an awesome chicken thigh dish. And I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the program again, but I just come to mind. I know. (laughs) The coconut, the the turmeric coconut chicken thighs are so amazing. And honestly, I incorporate turmeric every evening into whatever I'm making or roasting. It it can't hurt. It doesn't have a strong flavor. It's not curry. It's what colors the curry yellow. Um, And I really find it as a great thing to add into just like sipping on bone broth, blending in some ghee and throw in some teaspoon of turmeric, great way to boost. And um, you do get more bioavailability with your turmeric when you incorporate biopurine in your black pepper, as well as fats. Awesome. And then on a supplemental level, using either super turmeric or inflamazyme as a tool, if you do know that you're dealing with you know, significant inflammation or an inflammatory condition, or if we're just dealing with um, headaches or, you know, body aches, muscle aches, things of that nature. Yes. Because again, as the adrenals get overworked, the way that your body regulates inflammation can become another stressor. <laughs> so you're kind of putting a blockade downstream and working upstream by doing so. You're reducing the further depletion of the gland to you know, be trying to mitigate the inflammation by adding an anti-inflammatory compound so the adrenals don't have to work to regulate that state of inflammation. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of the same thought process then with the hydration and electrolytes and salt, right? Yes. So, you know, as I mentioned, aldosterone, aldosterone is also a steroidal hormone, right? And it's made by the adrenal cortex and it plays a significant role in regulating blood pressure based on sodium retention. And oftentimes you'll see in our quiz, the adrenal uh, quiz in our uh, website, we'll see increased thirst and uh, salt cravings when someone's in a state of adrenal insufficiency. And it's because their body's having a hard time regulating blood pressure. They can actually go hypotonic or too low of solute when the aldosterone is also depleted. So adding a Real salt that has natural trace minerals, like Redmond Real Salt has over 60 trace minerals in there. That's going to help to regulate the body's pH so that that aldosterone doesn't have to work in overdrive mode and the kidneys don't take an impact from that. And uh, adding this mineral salt can help to alkalize the body as well as enhance the mineral absorption. And it will play a role with regulating our sodium retention. So sometimes when we run too low of salt, we can deal with edema or fluid retention, swelling, uh, and that can be even weight gain seen on the scale that seems very irregular. And then beyond salt, another driver for electrolyte stability 
would be coconut water and bone broth. These are great things to sip on to support that regulation, assuming that you've salted your broth enough. And if you're following my recipe, you definitely have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I definitely recognize in myself. And I've learned to become really attuned to the signal of like, oh, you actually are not tired. You just need to like go lick some salt. So I think we both will do that <laughs> like yeah. on our desk throughout the day or just like dump it in your palm and <laughs> slurp it up, I guess. <laughs> Most definitely. And the reality is when you eat clean, like Becky and myself and a lot of you listeners, you know, we're just not getting sodium in our foods. And uh, if you're not eating anything packaged or processed, it actually takes a good amount of effort to get 2000 milligrams a day. And if you're doing anything like fasting um, or, you know, even just in a really tight nutritional ketosis and you're exercising, you're more prone towards electrolyte instability. So that's where you'd even want to layer in that relax and regulate for that insurance policy of magnesium bisglycinate, but still you really want to be salt focused. And this is where salt can be a great pre-workout if you're going for that extra autophagy boost of, you know, doing fasted exercise performance, the salt is still going to be very essential to support your performance and probably also regulate the cortisol output that your adrenals uh, regulate during your exercise activity. Yes. And then beyond salt, what about the role of fat? Yeah. So I have an entire video in my program on healthy fats and adrenal function. Yes. And, um, you know, the big connection that again, we need fats to make hormone. And so in order to rebound our adrenal glands, we need to be eating enough fat to produce hormone or manufacture, right? The body has to feel safe. It has to feel fed and nourished. And we know that fats create a lot of satiety and can really rehabilitate the relationship to promote a healthy metabolic response, especially when we're using whole food fats, meaning the saturated fats from our quality grass-fed pasture-raised animal products, as well as uh, grass-fed butter, and then our unsaturated fats from our avocado and then, you know, the blends of the varied forms with our coconut oil and and so forth. But quality whole food fats are going to be a great way to create that satiety and also kind of insulate the gland. Um, Like I mentioned in the beginning, when we're talking the anatomy of the adrenals, they are predominantly fatty tissue. Um, So we want to protect them with quality fats and also uh, think of supporting the hormone productivity. Okay. And then I know in the program you cover keto and the use of carb cycling, as well as a really good deep dive on leptin and allostatic load. So tons and tons on diet in there. Um, and yeah, like you said, you've got a whole video that's called rebounding your adrenals with a high fat diet. Um, so let's just hit on some additional mechanisms of why fat is essential for adrenal rebound and how ketosis can fit in here, maybe a little bit around like how we would customize an approach based on where we are, um, you know, stressed and wired versus stressed and tired. Yes. And so it's really interesting because often I think that's a, a disconnect where people perceive that you can't do nutritional ketosis if you're in a state of adrenal fatigue or adrenal insufficiency, there is that hindering element of DHEA, right? So we need to be mindful of that. But in general, following a ketogenic diet is going to be very supportive 
supportive of the adrenal glands because the ketogenic diet essentially helps to reset our endocrine function in the body. So the fact of when we're making ketones, we're going to be in a less inflammatory state, right? There's less oxidative stress when our body burns ketones as fuel as opposed to glucose. So this is going to help the recovery process by reducing the inflammation in the body. We also are going to see, of course, a reduction of insulin, which means that hormone signaling is cleaned up in the body. So when we see insulin levels uh, interfering with like our sexual hormone binding globulin, you know, as you regulate your blood sugar levels, bringing down those excess carbohydrates and transitioning to more of a keto diet, that reduction of excess insulin helps with the signaling of our hormones in the body. And then, you know, as I mentioned, the fat required to build hormones in general and then there's even other sexual hormone influence like our estrogen relationship. You know, as you burn body fat as fuel from your adipocytes, your, your body fat cells, you're going to be liberating estrogen, which will be circulating through your body. And if you're supporting your liver, that in itself is going to aid in resetting metabolic properties and also supporting whole body health because we know excess estrogen can drive concerns of like blood clot as well as body fat gain and uh, mood disturbances. So there are varied mechanisms in which nutritional ketosis would be supportive. The only thing that I do make note of is to, if you're not testing positive in your nutritional ketosis, you may need to layer in that adrenal support compound, which is going to help you in a state of lower DHEA. And that's where you, you would need more of that glandular and based on that chronic demand that the gland had already taken, uh, that could be a hindering influence of nutritional ketosis. Sure. And in those individuals too, you might consider delving into some hormone testing if you're just not getting outcomes and really not seeing ketone production pick up with the use of the adrenal support. You might need to layer on supplemental DHEA to kind of get you above water. Absolutely. But that's just one of those that I most definitely like to test yes. before recommending yep. because excess DHEA can also drive a lot of drama in the body. So that's one that you'd want to monitor at least semi-annually, but probably quarterly if you are supplementing with DHEA. Yes. Okay. So we love the fat, but as we've <laughs> cautioned against in other episodes, you really need to understand, you know, your body's unique needs. And for some of our listeners, you know, providing the autophagy and self metabolism of fat being in that catabolic breakdown mode from caloric restriction would be a good tool, but there are others who might be, you know, of a lower percent body fat and dealing with adrenal fatigue might need to at least liberalize on their fats. Absolutely. And, you know, that really comes back down to leptin and, and kind of like we talked about in the episode on hypothalamic amenorrhea, right? It's like the ketogenic diet, because of the satiety that you get, can sometimes drive under eating, but that's, you know, that's not going to be optimal and that's not an inclusive property of nutritional ketosis, if that makes sense. You know, it's often a pleasant side effect sure. if you're looking for weight loss to lose your appetite. But if you are of, like you said, a lower body fat percent, you do need to then be adding, you're the person that does need to do the fat fasting and add the fats to your day so that you're meeting your needs. And that, that would be the only concern of mine with adrenal rebound and using a ketogenic diet would be if you're under eating. Okay. And then beyond that, using the tools 
that we've discussed. So proactively using our adaptogens and nourishing your body with those high antioxidant foods, citrus for those bioflavonoids and getting in your healthy fats, obviously. Um, but I know your perspective of food as medicine doesn't stop there and kind of gets interwound with other areas of the body, especially the connection of the gut. So I don't want to miss this puzzle piece, because I think this can have a lot to do with maybe why we're not recovering from a state of adrenal insufficiency. So how does the microbiome and gut integrity play in? Yeah. And I think that's a great point to make. And we really do deep dive this in the course as well. And we have some cool handouts. Uh, like we talk about the probiotic challenge all the time, but there's going to be a worksheet that you guys can track your feedback and progress and think of what you're looking to see as well as worksheets on an elimination diet. And so that hits both elements of microbiome and leaky gut, right? And, you know, the connection that we've made and I've discussed in past episodes is that stress alone, it's, it's this total chicken and egg mishmash where stress alone can drive secretory IgA and LPS up, which both of those are markers of gut integrity. And both of them can have negative impact on our mucosal membrane or basically our gut lining. And then that can set up opportunity for larger food particles to get into the bloodstream, upregulating immune inflammatory processes and activating the HPA axis, right? So this stress can create an issue with our barrier, which can create inflammation. And that inflammation tells the body, I'm not safe. And that perpetuates the stress. And there we go again. So I do provide kind of on the, the skirts of what I recommend in the anti-anxiety diet, you know, that elimination of at least five pro-inflammatory foods is the best way to rebound your adrenals and then working on an abundance of foods that help with gut integrity. So, uh, you know, incorporating, of course, bone broth, collagen, gelatin. You mentioned, I love, I'm, I've been obsessed with lately that matcha gelatin pudding with the blackberries. I've been, now that it's almost fall, doing a lot of the uh, blending my greens and garlic clove into bone broth and doing like a cream of kale or a cream of spinach soup. Um, so these are really great ways to really kind of hone in on that gut integrity and be mindful that during times of stress, it would benefit you to use more of the GI lining support supplement and, or to rest your gut in a time of stress and just sip the bone broth and maybe not force um, something with a lot of anti-nutrients or something that's more difficult for your body to digest. And that's also where we'd want to be proactive with enzymes, right? So we're actually breaking down our food more efficiently when we'd otherwise be in a uh, suppressed state in that fight or flight mode. So all of that's super important. And then the connection of the microbiome and would be that our gut bacteria is going to play a role with how our enteric nervous system or the brain of our gut produces neurotransmitters. And so in a balanced state, we make serotonin and GABA in ample amounts to inhibit the chronic stress response. But in a state of dysbiosis or SIBO or candidiasis or activity of parasite, we make more epinephrine or adrenaline as a responder of distress. Something's not right. And then we also see an increase of the LPS and the secretory IgA as the gut goes into battle mode. It starts to deteriorate the lining and we're, we're back into that chronic stress response. Okay. And then just kind of digging deeper on 
that under chronic stress, let's talk about probiotics for someone with known adrenal insufficiency. Would yeah. baseline probiotic be enough? And especially like getting into cold and flu season, what do you recommend there for somebody who already might have that like little bit of um, immune system dysfunction or, or kind of feels like they catch every cold? How do we really ramp up their gut so that their immune system is working more efficiently? So that's where I'd go to the Rebuild Spectrum Probiotic, which is the green capsule. So this has 30 billion colony forming units, and this is going to incorporate the Saccharomyces boulardii, which has fantastic antifungal support and also combats pathogen in the body and then has good diversity so that the immune system is well anchored and supported. So that's one that I definitely recommend, you know, everyone kind of having in their artillery as we go into like cold and flu season. And if you know that you're someone that deals with chronic stress, to layer that with the baseline would probably be sufficient. Um, but if you're someone like me, who's, you know, really, <laughs> really, really high stress, I guess, um, I just don't even mess around and I take it a lever up with the targeted strength probiotic, which is four times the baseline probiotic. So this is 60 billion colony forming units of the same composition of what's in the baseline, which is just a 50-50 blend of your lacto and bifido. And so the baseline probiotic would be if you have no digestive concerns, you feel that, you know, you're taking it as like an insurance policy, if you will, to support the immune system, mood stability, and, you know, you don't feel that you're under high stress or under an environment that puts you susceptible to different uh, bacteria and virus as we go into cold and flu season. So if you're like a teacher or you're working in retail or, you know, any environment where you're going to be bombarded with varied bodies and especially those that may be ill, you likely would want to layer in at least that rebuild spectrum and potentially notch up to the targeted strength. Yep. That's what we do around here too. We don't mess around. <laughs> yeah. Ain't nobody got time for sick days. Uh -uh. Nope, 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 nope. Oh my awesome. Gosh. So, so yeah, so that's a whole deter, you know, I mean, it's like, what, how did we go into leaky gut microbiome from the adrenal glands? <laughs> <laughs> but that's, what's really cool about, about the program again, is that there's just like, I've had people already, as I'm starting to just loosely tease it, say like, well, is this something I need? And I'm kind of like, if you have adrenal lens, yes, you need it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, and you all do. And um, everyone can benefit from understanding these deep level connections. And um, like I said, it talks about hormone imbalance. It talks about blood sugar regulation, uh, the thyroid, so metabolism and mood stability and mental health really, and so much more. So I hope you all will join me and grab a spot. Go ahead and do it at pre-sale for only $99 for all this value. It's over at AllieMillerRD.com. It's called Adrenal Rehab. And um, I look forward to helping you guys elevate and uh, bubble wrap as we go into the holiday season. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.